Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the power of positive thinking, and you know what that means. It's positively time for another By the Book mini episode. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, 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 by the book. That's right. It's time for another by the book epilogue. This week, we're hearing from all of you out there about our most recent book, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. But before we get to this week's responses, we're once again putting the book into historical context with the help of historian Trish Travis. Reminder, Professor Travis is a 20th century U.S. cultural and literary historian with a focus on gender and popular culture. Her subspecialties are the history of medicine with a focus on therapy, addiction and recovery, and self-help. Welcome, Professor Travis. Hello. Hello, Professor Travis. How are you? Good. Hey, Jolinda. Hey, Kristen. Hi. Hey. So today, we are talking with you about The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, which came out in the 1950s. And of course, we want to have you put this into context for us. What was happening historically when this book was released? The 1950s is a decade that I think probably a lot of people in your audience already have a pretty clear-cut preconceived notion of. If mm. they ever watched Leave it to Beaver, people have their sense of what the 50s were about. 
if you're a progressive uh, or a feminist or a social justice activist, you have a sense of the 50s as about horrible conformity, white patriarchy, the triumph of suburban banality, mm. and stuff like that. I don't want to say that stuff isn't true, but I do want to complicate it a little bit. And so I've got my two words yes. to think about the decade. Um, the first one is not that surprising. It's individualism. The 50s was all about hating on communism. Oh, and right. when we're going to hate on communists, we're going to celebrate individuals as the antidote to communism. The U.S. was in a massive geopolitical ascendancy thanks to uh, the obliteration of most every single other developed nation during the Second World War. And you see in the changing economic structure a massive movement of Americans into the middle class. Still almost exclusively white Americans, but still a much larger democratization of the economic pie mm. than had ever been experienced before in this country. So this was a time in which lots of people had access to the kinds of resources, psychic resources, economic resources, cultural resources, in which they could really max out their individual capacity for success and in doing so, they would be striking a blow against hated communism. So the 50s is a real individualistic decade. And we can see, we'll talk in a second, about um, how Peel is sort of appealing to that. The appealing. second word, though. Sorry. Oh, come on, Kristen. <laughs> really? I was really Good hoping job, you weren't going to do that. Travis. Good uh, job. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So the second word I want to put out there um, for your readers is one that it's, I think we may have forgotten a little bit um, in when we think about the 50s now. And that's that the 50s was a decade of intense fear. In addition to fear that the evil communists were going to very soon take over the world, people lived with a really intense and realistic fear of nuclear annihilation. We look now mm. at those old pictures of the duck and cover drills, and we hear about the basement fallout shelters, and it all seems kind of ridiculous, kind of like they were also afraid of being the, the Earth being taken over by UFOs. But when you look back at the diaries and the personal writings of people from that period, that shit was real. People were really concerned that their lives might end on a daily basis. It's a similar vibe um, to the feeling in New York in the days right after September 11th, that mm. this could be our last day here. So there's a culture of fear around those two things, the possibility of our life as we know it ending. And there was also, for many thoughtful people, a lingering horror at um, the causes and the costs of the war. Right. So... Peel is an interesting um, person because he addresses this culture of individual achievement that is driven by fear with a language that comes almost straight out of the propaganda campaigns that we use to encourage people to buy bonds and participate in the war effort. Oh, my gosh. gosh that makes so much sense. It's Whoa. almost impossible to read this book without thinking of that Rosie the Riveter poster. I was just uh, thinking of that. We Can Do yeah. It poster. Exactly. So there is this sense that came out of the war of, like, can-do, like, forced optimism. Like, the war effort is about how 
we are going to get through this, in part because we're a great nation, in part because we're great individuals. And Peel takes that same energy and brings it into the post-war landscape to say, you do not be, need to be defeated by anything. Those are his words I'm quoting there. Mm-hmm. You do not mm-hmm. need to be defeated by anything. Right. And he to do this, he draws on a set of ideas that I, I've heard you all talk about in other shows. He draws on the principles of the laws of attraction, which were articulated by New Thought ministers in the Unity Church and Divine Science and denominations like that, beginning in the late 19th century. But he takes what had been a very sort of woo-woo, touchy-feely understanding the universe is vibrating and you can make yourself in tune with the vibrations, you can visualize positivity, you can visualize plenty. Those had been the original law of attraction tropes in Mm -hmm. the late 19th century. Peel takes those and he repackages them in this weird positivist, propagandistic fashion where all of the sort of mysticism is drained out and it's just about moving ahead and refusing to be defeated by anything in your path. He's got the how-tos of prayer eyes, picture eyes, and actual eyes. He's got 10 steps. He's got 12 points. um, And (laughs) he's got... He's got a series of very lockstep action items that anybody can do. And you don't have to be embarrassed because it all sounds a little bit mushy because it's language that everybody used to get through the war. And now it's going to take you through the peace, through the fear, and into the perfect actualization of yourself as an individual. Ugh. Whoa, Beautiful. that makes so much sense now. Because I the language really struck me in that book. But now it's like, oh, no, it was exactly what was speaking to people at the time. It's a weird mashup of Mm -hmm. a set of ideas um, uh, from the late 19th century and a set of terms and phrases from the war, from the wartime era that you would never think like, oh, those will go great together. But Peel managed to find a formula that pushed them together in this new way so that it looked like modern thinking in a in a contemporary and appropriate language that everybody could get behind. He made it appeal to everyone. Boo. Okay. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Travis, thank you so, thank you so much. much again for putting this book into context. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. When we're back, we'll be hearing from all of you out there who wrote in this week about the power of positive thinking. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We are back, and we have listener responses to the power of positive thinking. And they're so powerful. Oh, so positive. <laughs> Let's start with some folks who were raised in positive households. I love these stories. Daphna says, I was raised with positivity. Sometimes negative things happened. Sometimes we had fights in my family, etc. But I feel like we always moved on pretty quickly to being happy and positive again. And I think it's benefited my life tremendously. I've had periods of severe anxiety, and even during those black holes, I tried holding on to positivity as well as I could, and I believe it helped me climb out of them. Well, Daphna, as someone who tends to wallow in those black holes of anxiety, maybe I could learn a bit from you about pushing myself a little harder to find some some positivity to see. Yeah, and I think that's so much of what the book is trying to focus totally. on is just use some positivity to give you the fortitude to climb out of that black hole, to see that there's things beyond the hole that you're in mm-hmm. so that you don't just get stuck there in that yeah. cyclical thinking of like nothing good can happen. Yeah, and like why even take a step forward? There's yeah. no hope. There's nothing worth walking toward. It. It's just a cliff. It's a cliff and I'm in a hole on the edge of the cliff and it's not worth it, but— Get out of my head. <laughs> I mean, wait, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if the positivity is framed as something constructive to help you through things, I think positivity can be fantastic. Totally. But not everyone feels good about positivity, Kristen. Yeah, that's true. Tyler has this to say. This episode was very hard for me to listen to. If I had a dollar for every time I heard my mom say, the power of positive thinking, I wouldn't have to work anymore. I've always hated it. My mom used it less as a way of growing as a person and more of a way of not confronting all the trauma that has happened to her. It's so frustrating to see someone I care about so much refuse to do anything for herself, like going back to school or getting a new job, because she believes as long as she has an optimistic view on the world, things will get better. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot to say for keeping a positive outlook, but you need to put in the work yourself to make things better and also feel shitty sometimes so you're able to work through and process bad things that happen to you, not just cover them up with positive thoughts. Mm. I love this letter because it reminds me so much of my criticism of the law of attraction, which Mm -hmm. has turned up in many books we've lived by. You know what? If I just think positively, my situation will get better. I will attract good things Mm -hmm. to me with my positive thinking. Just visualize really hard while I sit here. Yeah. I won't put in the work. I won't examine my feelings. I won't get a new job. I won't go back to school. I will just sit here and emanate the energy so that like a magnet, good things will come to me. But no, that's not the way to make our lives better. It's a false promise. And it's kind of inactive. Yeah. It's very inactive. Yeah. And I love Tyler's take on that. And I just worry, you know, I feel like it's the opposite side of like the being stuck in negativity coin. I feel like there's a fine line between relentless positivity and perhaps denial, Mm, you know, and like living in a pit of anxiety and despair, living in like bright, shiny rainbow unicorns denial may also hold you back in life. (laughs) Speaking of rainbows, do you want to read this next letter, Jolenta? Uh, Well, yes, I do. This letter is from Sherry, who says, I think positivity has a time and place, but it can also go too far. I used to have a friend who responded to every moment of me venting or sharing negative experiences with sunshine and roses, and it could be worse, or at least we're not in the Holocaust. 
Honestly, it felt like she was erasing and invalidating my feelings with her positivity. Eventually, I had to cut off that friend because her positivity made me feel negative. Mm. Whoa, so much positivity from someone else. You feel negative. Oh, my God. Do you feel like that around me sometimes, Jolenta? No. Thank God. Somehow you're not a delusional Pollyanna. You are too positive, but it's genuine, and you're able to acknowledge shitty things, and that's refreshing. I'm glad you think that way but, because in the past, I actually think I probably was Sherry's friend. Sherry, really? did we know each other in a past life? Uh-oh. Because that was something my Nana would always say. Like one of her mottos, I'm, I may have mentioned this on the show in the past, was, um, oh, I did. I mentioned it in the debut episode of the show, which yeah. is, here you are whining about having no shoes. What about the man with no feet? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was Nana's sort of yeah. mindset around things like it could always be worse. And exactly. So, if wishes and butts were clusters of nuts, we'd all have a bowl of granola. I don't know what that means, but, but. It means we always want things to be better. And if wishes and butts were clustered of nuts, we'd have granola in front of us because we always are wishing for more. Anywho, Sherry, thank you for writing in with this because I was probably that person at one point. And yeah, that can be exhausting being mm-hmm. around, being around someone And invalidating, like the, like Sherry said. Yeah. And um, to go back to what you were saying, Jolenta, relentless negativity or positivity, whether, you know, either side of those things is exhausting to be around. Yes. Being around people who are negative all the time also is just impossible, I find. Oh, totally. As someone who tends to maybe be that friend once in a while, I can tell you, it sucks people try. (laughs) It does. So, Sherry, way to cut your losses. You know, it's it's good to know what works for you for friendship. And if that kind of friend is making you miserable, you don't need that kind of friend. And speaking of people in your life making you miserable, let's talk about my family. Oh, yes, Alexis. (laughs) That was a good segue. Thank you. Alexis wrote this. Hey, Jolenta, just wanted to say thanks for being so open about your dad's stuff. Although we're not estranged and continue to exchange shallow, friendly texts and emails, I am going through something with my family where it feels like I am the only person who sees what's going on and how dysfunctional everything is. In my case, our extended family does agree with me, and people who care about all of us have suggested I keep my distance to protect myself. But my parents are the ones whose beliefs and behaviors really matter, and I can't change those. It really resonated with me when Kristen talked about how parents are in charge of your reality when you're little. It's so painful when someone you used to think was right about everything is now saying the problem is you. Anyway, stay strong. We're in this together, and you're not alone. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. That's very nice. It's nice. It's just nice to hear that other people have gone through this because a lot of people don't talk about it except on Lifetime movies. <laughs> yeah, and Alexis wasn't the only one who wrote in totally. saying this. You know, that whole idea of like, am I out of my mind that I'm the only one who sees this problem? Right. Yeah, being and being like, I want this to change. And like these people need to change for their benefit, but I can't make them change. And other people may not care as much or see the things I see Or they may care but have a better acceptance of the fact that you can't change people. But it's so hard and it feels so isolating. So, yeah, being open about it and hearing other people's stories is incredibly helpful. It is. Moving on, we also got a lot of letters about faith for this book and for our prior episode on the book on being a real person. Here's a voicemail. Hi, Kristen. This is Christy, and I just wanted to call in because you were talking about how you feel like faith isn't really a big part of your life, 
But I just wanted to encourage you as somebody who's been listening to you this whole time and feels like I could be your friend, that you are a person that expresses a ton of faith. You have faith in love and you have faith in community and believing in the best in people and connection and that things will go right for people that work hard and put in the work. And so I guess I wanted to say that you are somebody that I think expresses faith in a really beautiful way. And so don't sell yourself short. (laughs) You're somebody that really spreads a lot of love and a lot of faithfulness through what you do every day. So thanks so much for being you. Oh, this is such a sweet voicemail. Thank you so much for calling in. We love hearing people's beautiful voices, by the way. Yes. Every time somebody calls in, we love it. We love hearing your voices. But this is something that just, it filled my heart with love to think that I emanate a sense of faith out in the world, even though I question, am I doing it right according to these books? But to hear people out there saying, you totally do. You're doing it right. You're totally doing faith in a way that doesn't need to be defined by a book and it still works and it still speaks to me. That makes me feel good. So thank you so much for calling in with that. I really appreciate it. Kristen, I was just telling someone the other day about you and I was like, she's really good at community. And look at this. Someone else sees it, too. Oh, thank you so much. Rebecca also has an approach to faith that we like. She says, I don't believe in any God. I believe in myself. I believe that I create my future. I'm accountable for my fortunes and mistakes. I don't pray as such, but when I need some extra strength, I search within myself and kind of talk to myself, almost like a pep talk, I guess. I know I have the strength. I just need to remind myself of it and ask myself to find it at times. Wow, that's so nice, Rebecca. I would have never thought of that. Wow, it's fantastic because other people wrote in and said, oh, I also look at life or the universe or mm-hmm. Lots love. of sort of amorphous like, uh, concepts. Yes, but Rebecca, you were the one who wrote in and said you look inward at yourself. And wow, we were both blown away by that. I am i don't know why such a simple idea is still blowing my mind. But I'm like, damn, Rebecca has some good insights and self-confidence that I may want to mimic. Oh, my God. Is that where the word insights come from? She's looking inside. I thought you meant, like, from the word Rebecca. And I was like, I don't see how Rebecca (laughs) is a derivative of insight, but sure. (laughs) All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk TSA pat-downs and we'll announce next week's book. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently. Acapella.edu. 
we're back, and we have some inside scoop from the TSA people. You know I love my juice. Jennifer says, on a tangent from the Power of Positive Thinking episode, when Kristen got patted down due to her zipper. Yep, that skirt with that prominent zipper. I know exactly the skirt. I'm in a fashion blogger Facebook group, and one of the members encountered this as well. Her TSA agent said that she had a suspicious crotch. Now, other members use this phrase when posting photos of outfits they are thinking about traveling in or dressing room photos when they are pants shopping, as in, need a quick evaluation of the suspicious crotch level of these pants. And we all <laughs> laugh. Anyway, I'm glad Kristen could turn it into a positive situation. I don't think I'd have the same good attitude. Oh. oh I love that. Now I know. That is like a code name. For a what? Chunky zipper? Yeah. And, you know, I'm flying out tomorrow for a little trip, and I am going to have to be careful not to have a suspicious crotch. Well, you know, I usually fly in, like, a yoga pant or a legging, and uh, that really helps avoid suspicious crotch scenarios. Does not help avoid camel toes scenarios, though. Oh, I don't want to do that. Which is more suspicious, a zipper or a camel toe? Well, I mean, it depends on how camel-y it is. Depends on what's hiding behind the zipper. All of that. Mm. All of that. We didn't even take into account the moose knuckle situation. (laughs) All right. Speaking of the TSA pat-down, Anna has this story, and it's way more horrific than mine. Anna says, I use cloth menstrual pads as backup for a cup. Said pads show up on the body scanner as suspicious and require a very personal encounter with a TSA agent. And while on a business trip with the guys I barely knew recently, of course, on my period, I got patted down. Good times. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's the (laughs) worst. Wow. That's so shitty. That is. That's bloody awful. Body scanners. Oh, my God. I can't. I was going to say body scanners are sexist, but you made a bloody awful joke, and now I have to crawl under a table. I'm sorry. <laughs> huge, huge thank you to everyone who wrote in this week. I'm sorry about Kristen's pun, <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing your stories about faith and families and pat-downs with us. Reminder, you can always join the Facebook community where lots of people be commenting at facebook.com groups slash btbpod. Or you can just use the link in the episode description on your phone. Yes. And now it's time. The time when we announce next week's book. Our, Our next, next book, book is... is... Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints by Phyllis Diller. Oh, no. Does this mean we have to do housework? Are we going to be the quintessential 1960s housewives? Can I wear one of those cute little aprons that look like a see-through mini negligee during this whole book? Oh, I want to. Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer, Nora Ritchie, our engineer, Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new version of the theme song, and, of course, Nora Ritchie, our producer, for singing that theme song. Chris Bannon is our chief content officer, and Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Reminder, also check out our other show. We love you, and so can you, for advice, 
life makeovers, and lots of love. Also, please stay in touch. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod, at Jolenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer. And of course, use our phone number. We love it when you call 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Also, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen because it helps other people find our show. Oh, and if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell someone positive about the show. Tell someone negative about the show. Tell someone neutral about the show. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Okay. Okay. Is that so that worked for you guys? Oh my gosh. Oh my it's gosh. everything we've ever wanted yes, and it's more. Perfect. Seriously. It's perfect. Stitcher. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.